0: You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 456, a quiz of visual topicality, how to monetize minor fame, and
1: the future for music magazines. Is there a future? That's all coming up after the Darling Buds and Birds. band that uh, undertook this simple sounding task of writing and performing catchy, hooky, short and to the point pop songs. Uh, This sounds like a big hit, but amazingly stalled at number 50 in the UK from 1988, The Darling Buds and Burst.
0: I love the Darling Buds. They, they they were such a great pop band. I thought they were so good. Um where they suffered a little bit, I think, and I, I noticed this actually. Um Pop said the first album and I've got a I've got a, a compilation I think as well. They're both really good records burst is taken for that but we just played as yeah, taken first. from that album um i don't think crash is on that album but i think crash might have been released as a sort of a standalone single and it was then sort of packaged as a sort of one the sort of best of their second album was called Craw Daddy, and they were on a, a major at this point they were in they were in epic it was um, they were on epic I really don't like it. It's really overproduced and it's unlike their early stuff. It sounds really dated. The the, stuff, the 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 thing you played just now and their sort of hits a crash for example, they sound very evergreen and uh Daddy has got these kind of big they've just put they, the, the the arrangements on wikipedia are described as kind of you know lush strings and stuff it's just it's almost spectresque in how much is kind of thrown at it and it's got horrible echoey drums and it's just not it just sounds like and it's produced by stephen street who you'd usually think would be quite good but It just just felt like they were suddenly on a major label and they could spend whatever money they wanted to on it. And it sounded overproduced. It sounded like they were trying to break them in America by making this big kind of pop record. And it really lost what I think makes the Darling Buds really good. So I'm glad we played Burst. Let us remember them as they probably were.
1: (laughs) And change at your peril.
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: Hello, hooray, and a cheery welcome to the uh, Parish Council podcast. It's episode four hundred and fifty six pickup sticks four five six pick up six
0: oh, thank you thank you for calling the bingo as well as well. Uh,
1: i'm terence yeah, stackham
0: you can't do yeah
1: mm. i'm terence stackham and oh 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 she's magic it's Juliet harris
0: ever so wonderful yes indeed that's very kind of you to say thank you very much. And I very much enjoyed your upbeat, cheering welcome. That was the tonic Mm -hmm. that this nation needs in this moment of national discourse. Hello, everyone.
1: I'm here to serve. Um,
0: Thank you. If you're
1: listening to this in 2024, the topicality may be lost on you, but... (laughs) As we record this, eye tests are very much in the news here in the UK. Uh, there's been a dilemma reported to test your eyes. Should you visit an optician or should you get in your car with a young child and drive to another county to test your eyesight? So it is quite the conundrum.
0: This, well, this is the sort of story that you were used to laugh at from other countries. <laughs> now, this is our country, Great Britain, United Kingdom, Northern Ireland, 2020. Thanks for that, guys. This week's,
1: this week's quiz r- reflects uh, this topicality. I'm going to play you, the listener, and you, the Juliet. Hello. Short- <laughs> oh, hello there, Juliet. Yes. Yeah. Hello uh, there, yes. Short clips of five songs all related to ocular ma- uh, matters. Oh,
0: so, I like this. Yes, uh, the eyes have it, the eyes have yeah,
1: it. Indeed. So there's going to be five points for spotting the optical link five points for the song and five points mm-hmm. for identifying the artist um, wow, okay 12 out of 15 wins and my prediction is you'll get 14 out of 15 Jules, see if you can prove oh, me wrong okay. and get the lot so uh, let's see easy one to get you going as always blue, blue, <laughs> um, I think there may be one of those artists because uh, it was way before your time. That you, I don't know whether mm. you'll get them or not. But um, so, five points for the optical link, five for the song, five for the artist. What was the first one, Jules?
0: First one was Sound and Vision. So the song is Sound and Vision. The optical link is Vision, seeing things, yeah. and uh, David Bowie is your artiste there.
1: Mary Hopkin on Backing Vocals.
0: Oh, I did not know that. That is an excellent factoid and potential quiz <laughs> usefulness thing. Thank you very much. Cindy. Married
1: at the time to Bowie producer Tony Visconti.
0: Also, I did not know that. Wow. I don't know anything. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Terrence. You are so very learned.
1: No, number two. Uh,
0: that is, uh, the link here is Eyes. Because Correct. it's Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes
1: very good six out of six so far but betty davis nine weeks at number one on billboard mm-hmm. and, and betty davis was still alive to see its success she was 73 wow. only in 1981
0: that, that, wow i didn't know that that's something very special i think also sampled to great effect by marla milo i think in in your arms or in my arms i think was the name of the tune and it's a good oh, use really of a sample it's lovely um Number three, um, very very much my era, um, the uh, looking is the optical link because don't look back in anger by Oasis.
1: Bizarre video with that one featuring Patrick Mcnee from the Avengers.
0: Yeah, They had some very strange videos around that time. The Wonderwall one, I think, was probably the nicest. But um, that was the black and white one, I think. But, yeah, very... very strange. The uh, the sleeve to that with all of the flowers across the, the piano was uh, was meant to be, well, they were real roses. That was created at great expense, I think, in the days when record companies had that money to throw around on that kind of thing.
1: And that the Oasis drummer of the time met his future wife at the video shoot for I Don't
0: did, didn't I it? Yes, I, I remember that. That was uh, also inspired, as all of Oasis things were, by the Beatles and the fact that the yeah. flowers left on Ringo Starr's drum kit when he left the Beatles and then returned. See number four. I wondered
1: whether you'll get the artist. I'll be very impressed if you do.
0: I, I I will try. I think it's that. I will try. Okay. So, so the um <laughs> the uh the link after you've been for a drive for thirty miles, yes. perhaps you would say I can see clearly now.
1: Correct.
0: Um. So it's seeing as the link. I think it's Johnny
1: Nash correct that's the one I thought you might stumble on so you've proved me wrong you're going to get the full house I think because I think you're probably going to get the last one
0: okay not to not to confuse Johnny Nash by the way with Johnny Cass or Johnny Mathis which I think I've done at various points in my life but anyway oh. the by the last... way Johnny
1: Nash still with us uh, he's um, 79 yes
0: Ah, you're you're full of fact Factoids of... about the over seventies this week. Thank yeah. you very much for that. But um, lastly, I think now the the, the seeing link is a little harder here. It's a pun. I think I think it's I am the walrus is yeah. the name of the track. So what? So I was I thought it was see how they run was
1: no the, I
0: oh bash his head on microphone yeah. i am the walrus although yeah. i feel let's see how they run like pigs from a gun is you yeah. know that you're is seeing isn't it that's an optical yeah,
1: yeah i would give you that but yeah. Uh, yeah and the speakers yeah possibly a little bit influenced by uh exotic drugs but banned by the bbc <laughs> <Aren't we all? laughs> Banned by this BBC, I'm the walrus because at the time it was because of, of a mention of underwear. Oh yes, it,
0: the, it was knickers wasn't it? God, those yeah. are the days when 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 you got banned for saying knickers. Thirty years later, Meredith Brooks was allowed to sing her song that rhymes with a hitch and then begins. Oh with yes. On top of the pops, uncensored. So it just just goes to show, doesn't it, really? Now, Do Juliet,
1: you've, you've got 15, fifteen out of fifteen. Hmm. and just like some other quizzes just for this week only there's mm-hmm. a bonus for you to you know, you know how they do like three out of ten on pop yes Mart?
0: indeed do i win a mouse mat or a dab yeah. thing like now, that that would be nice three more
1: points available and as i ask you Juliet. hello hmm. there hi um, how much do you know about dominic cummings <laughs> um, with once again big apologies to those of you listening in 2037 or possibly currently in Chile or Lesotho. Uh,
0: if you're listening, if you're listening in 2023, he might be our prime minister. Who knows? But anyway, so carry three on. Three
1: quick questions. Going to give you a bit of a leeway here. Within five miles, how far is it? Does Google say from Durham to Barnard Castle? I'm going to give 30, you five miles either side. Miles. How many? Thirty. Oh it's twenty four point four. So you're point <laughs> six of a mile out.
0: Oh, oh man, the news
1: oh, is it's terrible me. news.
0: You've
1: lost a million pounds. How old <laughs> is Dominic Cummings?
0: Oh man, I no, did, now this is difficult to say. No, I'm not cheating. Um okay. I think he is forty nine.
1: Oh, very good. You've redeemed 48.
0: Uh, I nearly said 48, but then I thought he seemed a bit older. That's what happens when you do certain things. 25th, like- um,
1: 25th of November 1971. It'd be 49. Mark in- is a
0: national in- holiday.
1: And finally, uh, Juliet, hmm. on Dominic Cummings' CV on his website. <laughs> he- he doesn't mention that he worked for a senior gov- uh, Conservative MP in 2002. He left after eight months, calling that senior Conservative MP incompetent. Who was that senior Conservative in
0: 2002? Was it David Davis? It was Ian Duncan Smith. Ah, indeed. I mean, to be honest, there are so many to choose from. It's difficult to narrow it down. But, um, but you did yeah, very well. You did. He, very did, well. he did. Although he did, uh, um, memorably once describe. Um, was it? He described Davis David David Davis as a lazy as a toad, which I thought was quite was quite a good. I'm just checking who he did this. If it was the same person that he described. Um, was it um i'm trying i'm, try, I'm try, oh yes same person was also described by a uh, dominic cummings the full quote is and i do quote thick as mints and late as lazy as a toad
1: <laughs>
0: oh, character references ever you want yes
1: to. he doesn't hold back does he um, no. Coming next, uh, monetizing fame. Would you pay for a video message from Justin Hawkins out of the darkness or cricket commentator Henry Blofeld? That's right after PJ Harvey. I'm
2: set it free
0: one thing that i feel makes me very lucky in my life is how many people basically if you want to put this in a in a short form message how many people take take interest in the nonsense that i spew out every single day frankly Mm. everybody in my life knows that i'm a big pj harvey fan and earlier this week it was announced that all of her albums are being remastered and reissued i've been asking for this for years for some of the early records which are not mastered very well or or at least they the the mastering has dated compared to modern techniques and they finally announced i sensed something coming last week when on her instagram which she doesn't often post on she put up a picture on all of her social media channels of old cassette tapes c90 cassette tapes that looked like demo tapes that had her handwriting of all of the different tracks on things and i thought i wonder if they're doing some reissues it was announced this week that they are reissuing all of the albums starting with dry and they're reissuing its very rare demonstration disc as well which is great and i think i have more possibly as many text messages and social media messages to say, Juliet, look, have you seen these PJ Harvey reissues that you'd like those, wouldn't you? Than I did when I went on national radio too. So thank you everybody for, uh, for, for for thinking of me this week um i should have picked something from dry really but i didn't i picked this because i've been listening to it a lot been business to a lot of pj harvey recently actually and i very much this really sort of struck me there's a slightly bizarre jazz version of it i wouldn't even call it jazz just kind of abstract sort of noise version of it on her on on um Rid of Me, which this is taken from her second album, but I loved it. I just this version and the the famous we talked about videos earlier. The video for her this is her wearing a Mickey Mouse t shirt and very baggy Y front and doing this slightly disconcerting sort of grinning dance to the camera that's sort of phasing her full on. It's very, it's it's very unnerving, I think, but it's a PJ Harvey and man size.
1: I wasn't too aware of this or um, the album rid of me when it was released, uh, early '90s, I guess. But
0: '93, uh, I think it was.
1: Yeah, it was, as you say, quite a startling video um, with the track, which I saw for the first time this week, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, and its sort of rawness and uh, it's quite quite amusing. Really. I think she was having a good time, you know, making the the video. It's uh, excellent.
0: Yeah, it's a good. I think it's yet another Maria Mott video as well. Who's it been, was, yes. The best, the yeah. Long-standing, creative kind of partner, really.
1: As we record this, we're still in somewhat of a social lockdown, at least in the UK, and it is being eased elsewhere around the world. But people who are used to making money by appearing live at venues (laughs) have needed to rethink how to keep paying the bills. And this has led to a significant number of sign-ups to a service called cameo which I hadn't heard of until very recently I, in thought, which... they were
0: the, I thought they were the word up hit makers but uh,
1: I... yes right. it was a it was a brand of soap when I was a lad as well uh, you know, cameo for lovely luxurious lava um, yes, cameo in which, d- depending on the level of stardom of the celebrity, you pay what seems like a relatively small fee for the star of your choice to record up to a 25 second personalised message. For for example, a happy birthday wish to your partner, maybe a parent's wedding anniversary, or you just simply uh, simply a message to yourself. So you can, I don't know, pretend to your friends that, you know, Snoop Dogg or Lindsay Lohan or whoever, <laughs> um, of course. There are two significant questions for Juliet here. Will you be organising a personal message to yourself from former Chelsea and Tottenham manager Andre Villas-Boas, 62 quid.
0: I can't remember him, yeah. Or
1: Lloyd Daniels from X Factor 10 years ago, 8 quid.
0: Oh, bless him. (laughs) I almost want to buy one because I feel so sorry. for. I have no idea who he is, but I feel so sorry that he could only charge £8. Oh, bless him
1: it is rather sad isn't it and, and secondly and perhaps most importantly when are you going to launch yourself <laughs> on cameo because i reckon you could make a thousand pounds a pop here
0: i mean that uh as ever you are vastly overestimating sure. i don't know why i'm laughing at poor old lloyd charging eight quid i mean i you know, five pounds or five pounds or seven pounds for two is what i'd, I'd my rate um it's <laughs> It's um it's it's curious, isn't it? And, and and this New York Times article which talks about this, I hadn't heard about this either. Um, it basically makes the point and of course I didn't think of it like this. Uh, this sort of the world of celebrity, I suppose, and this is this is where we we kind of you realise there are some people people who are well we can use the old-fashioned phrase can't we there are some people that are famous for doing something famous for singing famous for tv presenting famous for having played american football famous for having managed football teams there are some people who are famous for being famous that is why they are famous they and th- this is the there's a whole industry for that now there's big brother there's made in chelsea these structured reality there's actual reality tv and what they call structured reality tv which is real people playing versions of themselves using made up scenarios it's all oh, i find it very bizarre so there's the, the famous to being famous people and this this article makes the point that celebrities and by this i think i mean though i think we mean the famous to being famous people people they are gig economy workers and i suppose you could say that it's not just limited to the famous for being famous people if you think of who are celebrities you know there are celebrities that are or who is famous for doing stuff rather than being a celebrity as in just famous for being famous people that have a profile for doing stuff sports people um actors and actresses music performers that none of that is happening at the moment is it you know there's no sports that's going you know there there are a few things that are being filmed in lockdown for tv the adam bennett talking heads re-dos of the monologues are being sort of sorted out apparently in socially distanced conditions and there's some uh, people filming themselves at home and stuff like that but mostly that stuff isn't happening so they have become gig economy workers so i can understand why that this is actually a fairly easy way of celebs making some money and when you first told me this story and I first read it, part of me wanted to go oh yes, this is ridiculous And but but you know what, increasingly I fall, I fall on the side of look, if people are willing to pay for this, really? if celebrities are not charging outrageous amounts and actually, if you're a massive Tottenham fan or a massive Chelsea fan and you really liked Andreas Villas, Villas-Boas, I think he was a reasonably popular manager, wasn't he, for most of the time, you know, if, if you've been to see matches and he would managed and stuff and and you know and you got a message sent to you that was 30 seconds long that was uh, Andreas going hi Terry hope you're well you know lovely you know have a really happy birthday you know I wish you all the best you know see you soon take care Andreas I think that's worth 60 quid for some people I, agree. I think that's I really cool that. present yeah. I think that whoever got that would you know if it's if it's someone that's a massive fan of that person they would probably treasure it and part of me thinks well You know, it's something that you can replay again and again that's personalised to you that you can hold on to as long as celebrities aren't charging insane amounts, as long as you're keeping it fair, as long as you you cut your coat according to the cloth. So I won't be charging a £1,000. I won't be charging anything for appearances to me because I'm not a celebrity. But say I was... I don't know, a, a local radio presenter or something like that. Or perhaps I, perhaps I was a weather presenter or something. You know, I would be aware of the fact that if you have a public profile, you will probably have fans slash admirers of what you do. That's, that's, you know, and the more famous you are, probably the more likely you are, you, you are to have a lot, but whatever you, I mean, bizarrely, even when I was only a contestant on a radio program, I had a couple of Twitter followers that kind of follow me that were sort of in the enthusiasts of sort of hearing me on the radio. So it's not, it makes me think, if you have any level of public profile, it is not, given that I managed to attract fans not having any public profile, I don't feel it is difficult to attract supporters. So part of me thinks, as long as you, you are realistic in what you are charging, as long as you have any, like like poor old Lloyd, as long as the fact that he is self-aware that he did, he was on, te- it's weird, this is where it's so weird for people like him. He was on, millions of people watched him on TV every week. A large chunk of the country would have known who he was, For probably about six or seven weeks, depending on how long he was on the program for and then all of a sudden it stops and next thing you know you turn around and 10 years have passed but there are some people who probably would have remembered him fondly from that program eight quid is perfectly you know he, he's shown self-awareness of how of what his value of fame is of, of what what his relative scarcity value is if you see what i mean and what what you know how likely he is to have to, to have people that want to see him i i think that as long as celebrities do not take advantage of people as long as you know the the individuals involved have some you know attachment to, to what their sort of value is I think it's I think it's really good and actually there's something very striking in this article I was quite moved by this the person that wrote it said back in March I was trying to persuade my dad to stop taking the subway to work in manhattan and to join me upstate so i paid 75 dollars to leonard marshall a retired new york giants defensive linesman we both loved in the 1980s to send the message i put a few guys in the hospital bob he told my father solemnly i need you to play defense in these crazy times it worked and my dad hasn't been to Times square since and you think god that is how much it means to some people and you think well You know, that was seventy five dollars. So what? Sixty quid, sixty five quid and roughly in in British dollars. If it was worth it for that bloke to listen to to his hero telling him not to go to work (laughs) and he didn't. You think, well, I don't have a problem with this, really. Yes, it seems strange, but, you know, Two months ago, three months ago, this whole thing would have seemed strange, wouldn't it, really? This whole mm-hmm. coronavirus world in which everything has fundamentally changed and we don't know if we're ever going to go back to how we were previously. Sorry to, I don't mean to be depressing, but that is the reality we're dealing with at the moment. You know, if if that's a way of celebrities making money and also people making their relatives happy by saying, oh, look at you, I've got you a video. I mean, it would never happen. But if I had, if I could give my dad a message of, David Attenborough or Alan Bennett wishing him a happy birthday. He would love that. He would pretend that he that he wasn't bothered, but he would love it. Part of me thinks, well, maybe it's quite a clever way for people to keep their profile up and to make people happy. And actually, at the moment, if it makes people happy and it's not, you know, ripping the what's its out of them in terms of money, where's the problem? I can't see a problem with it.
1: It's like zero-hour contracts for celebrities, isn't it? And as you say, it's like a, a new gig economy for, for hard-up stars. I see you can hire President Trump's friend, Stormy Daniels, for $250. Well,
0: I didn't uh, hit you. Wasn't that part of the problem? Yeah, but
1: I, I, well, maybe the president, he may not avail himself of that service. But, um, Jules, quick fire round. I've been looking um, – oh, wow. uh, I'm sorry about this. I didn't warn you. The British – I
0: mean, I love a quiz, We all know this. But I didn't realise this whole podcast was different, unhappy. Advertised quizzes, I must admit, but let's go on.
1: The British version of Cameo. I'm going to shout out some names of celebrities, say what they're famous for. You tell me how much for a 25 second uh, video. I'll tell you.
0: you, Have I got a range in which I'm going or am I just shouting out?
1: Um, You can say a range if you like. I'll give you five quid either way. Okay, fine. Duncan James out of the blue. 65. 29.
0: Oh, that that's quite economic. I quite liked him. I might go for that.
1: <laughs> Tony Adams, former England football captain.
0: 40. 99. Oh, that is a Tony. I don't approve of that. That's Miriam not...
1: Margolis, TV troublemaker.
0: Oh, she won't be much, I don't think. She's all right. 35.
1: 83. <sighs> Miriam, I'm disappointed in you. John Cleese, all-round money, money oh, maker.
0: Oh, yeah, that's going to be 120.
1: 249.
0: Surprise, not surprising the slightest.
1: Bobby George, dart player.
0: You see, I I would like a message from Bobby George. I'm I'm aggressively pro Bobby. Um, I think you're going up each. No, and you're not going up. Let's say 170. 24 quid. I'm gonna get one. That's amazing. Well done, Bobby. Uh,
1: You were talking about sports stars earlier. Jan Jan Vertonghen, Spurs veteran defender. 70. 161 Sam Bailey X Factor winner
0: uh, 28
1: 66
0: Oh she is She is overcharging there
1: Matt Goss Out of Bross
0: <laughs> Wow Home The letters that spell home um, uh, 90 132
1: And I mentioned earlier uh, Justin Hawkins Out of the Darkness yes. Have a guess
0: 45
1: Very good 49
0: well, see, now that I think is good. The people that got it right there, he got it right. Um, Miriam Margolas, possibly, because she does have a large problem. And, and Tony Adams, I'm not hugely comfortable with it, but he's, I can understand the football economies and that. That sort of makes sense. Bobby George is massively undercharging, but it shows he's still in touch with his working class roots. So well done, Bobby. Finally. By the way,. That, He's got an enormous mansion that is built like a semicircle. And the reason it's built like a semicircle is it's the top half, the top bit of a dartboard, including all the rooms. Each room is a different bit on the top of the dartboard, including the, 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 the sort of the uh, triple 20 and the, route, the, the entrance hall in which you enter all of the different segments is a bullseye. Now that is someone who is committed to their sport.
1: Retired uh, cricket commentator, Henry Blofeld,
0: last one. You see, I pay for Henry Um He's quite classy, isn't he? Let's say hundred. Forty-one quid. That again, that's exceptionally good value. Well done, blowers. And I was
1: looking. Um, this, we had only Daniels at eight quid. There's various people from Britain's Got Talent for eight yeah. quid. Essentially, yeah. if you haven't yeah. heard of them or they're classified as YouTube stars, they're eight quid. Um, now, this is, this is how I work this out, George. This is what you were saying. mean, oh, it's. You know, it, it, we we shouldn't sneer at this, and I agree with you because say a celebrity. I mean, we were we thought we Tony Adams had ninety nine quid, yeah. but say a celebrity charges a hundred pounds. Or mean, you know, yeah. any any sort of moderate TV soap star or football or whatever, hundred pounds uh, or dollars per cameo. Say they do five a day. That's only a few minutes of time. The, the maximum you can get is twenty five seconds. So yeah. five a day is going to take you less than five minutes. So. Unbelievable. When you add that all up, 100 pounds per cameo. That's three and a half grand a week. And so, if you did it every day, I know you, you know, you probably take your day off. But let's just say for the moment you did it every day of the year. That's 182,000 pounds a year. Wow. Now, cameo takes 25 percent. So that would still leave you with 136,500 quid for very little commitment. So a as we were, who's the mug?
0: Absolutely. And if people are willing, as long as you charge a reasonable price and people are willing to do it and people are willing to pay. And I bet even though Tony Evans is 99 quid, how many obsessive and also particularly at the moment, I know there is online shopping, but perhaps usually, and this is where I think this might work in the current in the current thing, Say you've got a dad who's a big Arsenal fan, and say you're a family of four. You know, you what you might have done if you if you're an adult boy and you've got a brother and you've got your dad, you know, whatever, adult girl, whatever. Say so you go, okay then, Dad, we'll take you to see Arsenal play. The three of us will go to the football. We'll get something to eat. You know, we'll we'll have a nice day out of it, and then we might go to the West End in the evening and have a nice meal or something. You know that. That would cost several hundred pounds you can't do that at the moment why not spend a hundred quid of the money that you would have done on a personalized birthday message for dad from the former captain of arsenal i think that's a i think that that's a really it's quite a thoughtful present in the current circumstances i think and you know it takes tony adam 25 seconds to do I I think that it's like you say it's it's a you know who's the mug like you say and actually as long as as long as celebrities don't re as long as celebrities don't take that attitude oh well I'll charge a thousand pounds then because there will be people that pay in a way you feel like saying well it's like anything if you charge a reasonable price for your service you're likely to sell more aren't you there must be five five people per day that would want to pay a Tony Adams 99 pound for a message for their dad or their brother or whoever I think it's i think it's it's quite a fly way of doing things and as long as celebrities treat it in that spirit and don't rip people off i think that it works for everyone
1: if they're looking for a slogan i'm suggesting cameo for stands worldwide
0: nice um, i like that well done let's uh, let's <laughs> so where do we send that off to
1: coming right up the future for music magazines it looks distinctly gloomy that's next after everything but the girl <laughs> Almost all of their albums are joyous, but there are two consecutive albums from 1988 and 1990 that are just two wonderful albums with not a filler track in sight. The 1988 album is Idlewild, and the track we've just heard is from the 1990 album Language of Life, which is one of my favourite albums of all time. That was from Language of Life, Everything But The Girl, and Driving.
0: I agree. I love everything but the girl. And actually, to be fair, very few of their albums, well, I don't think any of their albums are duds, and very few of their albums are anything other than them very, very good, I think. I think they kept an astonishingly high standard in their career. I'm a big fan of Eden, their first album. Oh, I like yes. the kind of each and every one sort of jazzy cocktailer. The cocktail kind of jazz that you've got going on i think i mean like you say, they did several idle world is a fantastic album as well just you know they i I don't really think they put a foot wrong until they stopped really i i think they were they they um i've got love not money which i also really like as well i mean some you know they they, they that i like the fact that they stopped when they sort of felt like they'd had enough as well they they stopped at the point at which they could have been really huge T- uh tracy thorne tells the story in her first book Bedsit disco queen of how they were offered a tour supporting you Two, i think it was and they were in a hotel, hotel room somewhere and she just looked at Ben and said no don't want to do this and and they stopped and and you know they've both done records in their own right but i really I really admire the fact that they were sensible enough to know when to when to call it a day really and when to have the next act of their lives so now I've got all the time in the world for everything but the girl I think they're really really underrated and I hope that one day they do get the kind of plaudits they deserve Mm,
1: absolutely this week Bauer Media the huge publishing house announced it was considering the future of the music magazine Q which at one time was incredibly successful to Mm. the point That the branding was uh, widened to include a TV station and a full service radio station. Both of those have gone now. And as with so many publications, uh, Q finds itself with diminishing sales Mm. and crucially unable to attract the level of advertising needed to keep it as a profitable business. Um, Now, this is simply market economics jewels. Advertisers don't like it enough. People aren't buying it. The game's up. Close it down.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting to to uh, try and analyse to what extent. So the problem with advertising, and I experience this, so I write for, there are two local papers where I live. There's one that's kind of the official local paper, which is, uh, you know, you, you pay however many pence for it at the, at the local station. Unfortunately, it is now owned by Johnston Press. So you could argue uh, it's only local to a certain extent, I would argue. I write and edit a page for the other paper, which is called Hastings Independent Press, and that is distributed locally, allegedly has a larger circulation than the other one and is free and is slightly alternative in its kind of political views and its coverage. Um We had to decide, even as a free paper, we are sustained by advertising. We do get grants from places, but it's the advertising that keeps us going. And we had to have a virtual meeting, you know, a week or two into the pandemic just before lockdown because we basically couldn't afford to print the paper anymore and we we our designer very few people get paid our designer gets paid and i think one of the because paper wouldn't happen without her and one of the editors does i think and a couple of other people but mostly you know it's 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 largely free and the advertising stopped and the problem was is that we found most of our advertisers are not large commercially but for example local events that were happening um you know the the Hastings one of the big the piano festival that was meant to be happening the opera festival you know various kind of um coastal currents and uh, you know various large art and cultural festivals that were meant to be happening weren't happening anymore so they didn't need to advertise so our advertising stopped in the space of about four days basically so so we ended up we distribute by pdf at the moment and we're likely to continue that for a while i think so so i would be interested to know what the decision making is behind behind this on the basis that has the advertising dropped off overnight because everyone's advertising has dropped off overnight because of what's happened and lockdown meaning that because most when you look through the back of all the music magazines uncut mojo Q, all of those things most of the advertising in the back is live music tours isn't it it's it's largely music-based advertising all of that has stopped, so they are particularly vulnerable because the live music industry and mass gatherings. To use a phrase that I'd never heard before in my life until February, and now everyone uses all the time. Much like furloughing and uh, <laughs> social distancing, all these new phrases. I, I suppose we can look forward to social distancing being at the OED's Word of 2000 <laughs> oh yeah. or something like that. But, oh, but so, so is it that? music magazines are so dependent on advertising because of the problems that print is experiencing generally and that mass gatherings are a sector that has been harmed exponentially or as a result of the pandemic or is it that it was going that way anyway and this this simply hastened its demise i don't know one thing i have noticed which i've enjoyed actually i very much like a magazine called long live vinyl Mm -hmm. Um, and I meant to. they had a Britpop special that was due to come out in April and I wasn't and actually a lot of people aren't able to buy these magazines at the moment because they're not able to get to the shop so that's Mm -hmm. what's kind of stopped some of the sales as well I was offered a chance to buy three issues for five pounds to be delivered to my ipad so that i could keep and re-read and then so i did and i enjoyed them very much and then i had a further email from pocket max which is a sort of organization that's mm. linked that sells you things that was offering me back issues of all sorts of different magazines i bought various mojo back issues i bought various electronic sound music back issues 99 pence each and because they were 99 pence each and because I'm not going out and not spending money, I, this makes me sound Liberace like this is not this is hardly you know, a rock band on tour level of expense. But I bought £16.99 worth of back issues of magazines, which have kept me Why going not? a month. And that's and that's, you know, admitted- I mean, you
1: pay more than that for a hardback book
0: exactly well you pay i mean the cover price of most of these mags is you don't get changed from a fiver for most of them now so so to be honest i mean i think that's roughly where it's in the three to five pound bracket at least i think i think mojo might be i'm just trying to look up to see what that what the price is but they're certainly not inexpensive so part of me thinks well maybe they can survive if they um, you know maybe like we were saying with everything that's being reformulating maybe the way for these magazines to survive is if there's enough people that still want to read them there's a magazine called loud and quiet which i think is a free sheet but they've basically said we can't afford to print this but if you want at the moment but if you want to keep it i can't know how much it paid but you pay something and you get you get however many issues it is for the rest of the year posted to your house postage free and you've got a pin badge and you've got some sort of loyalty thing and maybe magazines need to realize that what all the time that we can't go out of our houses and beyond and all the time they haven't got advertising to lie to rely on maybe they have to move towards a pdf model rather than a hard copy model, which lots of society seems to be moving to anyway, to electronics. And maybe if they did that, they wouldn't have printing costs, they wouldn't have um they wouldn't need to I hate to say it, but they wouldn't need to employ as many staff. And maybe by therefore charging less, that is a way of sustaining them. Because if there there is still a market for it, I think the fact that I get these offers so frequently makes me think, well, Clearly, you know, there's people still take them up. Maybe there is a future for music magazines. In the same way, there's a future for newspapers. But maybe that isn't in print.
1: I'm not so sure. I mean, of course, it's a shame to see any enterprise decline or close. And there there are loyal subscribers of Q, I'm sure, who will be very disappointed. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's a terrible time for the writers and other staff to yeah, lose I their jobs.
0: really cool for them Because there's some really good writers on those mm. magazines. And I really... Yeah reading their work and maybe there'll always be an audience of people reading about other people writing about music i don't know They, you know they've survived 60 years but when um in
1: q's case when david hepworth and mark ellen launched q it was mm. a new concept it was inno- yes. innovative exciting there were free cds on the cover yes. now now in 2020 everything that made that magazine and many others new and invigorating This is along with all music magazines. Those same elements make it stale. Who needs free CDs when everything is on Apple, Spotify or YouTube? You can just ask your Echo Dot to play anything you want. And also, and I think crucially, no musicians these days want to talk to these magazines anymore and get misquoted or have fun made of them. They can talk directly to fans on social media, Facebook, Instagram, twitter and these magazines with their pink floyd specials and their david bowie covers Mm. they're relics
0: they're they're nostalgia aren't they that's right
1: but you see it's out it's nostalgia that's out of place and out of vogue because it's a bit like in the 1960s the beatles being interviewed by winston churchill it's just you know, too too far has gone for these to be relevant. So it is a shame for the reasons I've said. But time's up for Q and the rest. And just as on the going digital point, I remember when Word magazine um, closed down, loads of people to the point that it was really beginning to upset uh, some of the people at the magazine were saying, well, why don't you just go digital? But it still doesn't pay because you still have to pay writers, you still have to get advertisements, and why would they come to you when there's what a thousand other options of uh, digital <laughs> yeah. music um, yeah, I, outlets?
0: I do, I do understand it. I genuinely still enjoy reading Mojo. I'd try and pick up a copy if I'm somewhere because uh, the the thing that I've always enjoyed about these magazines, I I mean I like and, and I, I wonder if there is still a future I think there will be and I think we've talked about this previously on the podcast in other forms of the of, of how handy it is to have someone else curate things for you and how if you're busy and you're in a busy world and you want to you want to still find out new things I really enjoy the album review sections in the back of these magazines they might make me a bit weird I remember I used to read Q religiously when I was a teenager I remember my friend saying to me once why on earth do you read that all it is is album reviews and I went yeah exactly there's a hundred album reviews in this and i can find out which albums i think i will like the sound of and i still take that approach with them i still have discovered brilliant records by reading a review and if it's got you know three or four stars and it's by someone who i like the look of i mean regular listeners know i get a lot of my new music from six music but if you know so if i've heard something on six music and they they give the album a good review in mojo i think yeah all right then i'll um, i'll try and find that or i'll try i'll try and download or buy that so i find them useful but i i but I do agree with you that I'm probably I'm probably in a minority on this. I do, and of course yeah, the difficulty yeah. with the difficulty with flogging, difficulty with flogging magazines on a nostalgia basis, and both Mojo and Uncut are, are guilty of this. Oh look, it's another Bob Dylan special. Oh look, it's another however many years it is of Dark Side of exactly. the Moon. Is that they work all the time? You're selling those to. Music fans that were around at the time, who are now likely to be men and women, probably mostly men, in their sixties and seventies, and I don't mean this as a criticism. I'm just talking about the reality. If that is the case, uh, you—I mean, there are some people. You get some f- younger people that like their music. My friends that run a record shop find that they used that that around Christmas time they usually sell lots of the classic albums Rumours by Fleetwood Mac Mm -hmm. the Pink Floyd albums um, Led Zeppelin albums that I served someone actually when I was covering in that shop that came, a woman came in to buy Led Zeppelin 4 I think and I said oh you know I love this and she said yes it's for my son's Christmas present and we found lots of parents and grandparents buying records to get their young people into it so there are some younger people who might buy, it's weird I don't think there's a middle gear with those magazines they appeal to older people that were there at the time which will be a largest chunk of their market and then perhaps to people like me who were curious teenagers that wanted to learn more there isn't a middle gear they're appealing to there and the sad fact is is that they're not going to pick up enough at the young end to replace the the market at 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 the older end so who who you know pass away. So pass on. So, do you know what
1: it reminds me of George when we, we had a we disagreed or you know had different points of view on, know,
0: very hard to believe, yeah.
1: <laughs> on the the, the um, closure of the Victoria Derbyshire show on BBC Yay, television the other week. And it reminds yeah. me of that in the um, I think you said, oh, but I really like it. And the yeah. trouble is, not enough people like it. And it's the same. No. I've seen on social media people saying, I think quite crucially as well, I used to like Q Magazine. Yeah, well, that's not present. a reason to keep it going <laughs> yeah. if you used to like it. And um, I've-
0: yeah, and I'm not, and, and yeah, I don't disagree that it did lose its way for quite a while, mm-hmm. though it's got better again recently, I think. Someone said to me, oh, it's quite good now, and I bought one a few months ago and was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Mm-hmm. But like you say, I don't know if it's just time playing tricks on you and in and, and how you view things when you're old. When I used to buy them when I was younger, and I used to buy them really, you know, I've still got loads of old ones at home from the 90s. I used to buy them really religiously. They were really thick. It was like a proper, mm-hmm. this sounds so so daft, but it's like a proper chunk in your school bag. Yes, to put it in. And, you know, and, and it would take me ages. That's the advertising
1: not... gone, you see, Jules. That's exactly the point. Yeah. It used to be filled with adverts for, as you say, tours, new releases, um, merchandise. There are no tours. And in, 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 in case you can um, tell your fans about it online, yeah. um, you the know, it, 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 the merchandise you can, t- you you just direct fans to your website, they get it from you yes. direct instead yeah. of you know some store in Tottenham Court Road. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's
0: a different, different, time. I, I, I see what you're
1: saying there. Thank you, as ever, for being with us this week. Very cool. grateful. Thank you, yes, now Juliet's radio shows. Once again, I've been looking for more reviews. <laughs> um, a notorious flop, an embarrassing <laughs> failure. Oh, God, no, Jules, sorry. I've, I've, I'm looking at the wrong page again. Um, these are the <laughs> reviews of the 1992 BBC soap opera El Dorado. Oh,
0: poor old El Dorado. They, they tried and it failed. And by the way, if people, not not that you want to listen to another podcast other than ours, but now, but I can advertise it as we come to the end of this podcast. If you think, if you have got through our whole back catalogue and you think, what else can I listen to? Only at that point, by the way, should you listen to another podcast, I can thoroughly recommend the Box of Delights podcast, which is on little me moments in TV history. That is very enjoyable. And they had an episode that was meant to be about lamented or rather unlamented BBC 70s soap triangle. I don't know if you were. Oh, I remember it. well. Yeah, that that was was another one. there was an episode on that that was very entertaining, not least because they managed to digress onto El Dorado for several minutes, mm-hmm. and the that was Michael Hogan from the Daily Telegraph that oh, said that his, yeah he said that his friend. Paul, I think his name was, ended up going... They were big fans of El Dorado and he ended up going on the Save El Dorado March. There was a Save El Dorado March and it was basically him, a couple of others and the cast of El Dorado. And he ended up on a coach in a service station with the entire cast of El Dorado trying to unsuccessfully get it saved. So so if that's the sort of content which you find interesting, like me, you can uh, you can find that podcast. But yes, I, I'm I'm more than happy... To be mentioned in the same breath as El Dorado, well,
1: Funnily, I funnily, funnily enough, I, I've mentioned before, I lived in Spain for a while in the mid 90s and uh, in Andalusia. And um, the El Dorado set was, if I remember rightly, it was in a little village called, it's spelt the same as the English word coin, but you would say oh, yeah. coin, C O I N. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes, um, Spaniola,
0: yes, indeed. the
1: roads up towards it every day we used to share a bit of the road to get back to our little village and yeah. it was just full of coaches of people <laughs> being taken on excursions to go and see the location of well where el dorado was filmed but That's um, jules here's the proper reviews from your uh, shows last week top show I loved it tonight always do cracking show now that's more like it and remind us um, if you're not signing up to Cameo how can we get more <laughs> jewels this weekend I
0: was going to say you can listen to me without paying £5 or £7 for two um, you can you can go on to uh, onto Mixler which is spelled M-I-X-L-R because we have to inexplicably take vowels out of things nowadays we oh every time I think of that I think of the time that I was watching Only Connect with my mum and dad, and one of the clues it was the sort of the what have these four things got in common, and the the name a tumbler, the word tumbler appeared, and then the word grinder appeared, and then my dad said, oh they're all websites that had the veils taken out, the the vowel taken out, to which we said, dad. How do you know what <laughs> gay male dating site Grindr is? And I, I've never received an explanation for this. Know. Yeah. I don't know how my, as far as we know, entirely heterosexual 79-year-old father knows what Grindr is. But anyway, so Mixler follows that same logic. So it's spelled M-I-X-L-R. And if you go onto that and search for me, Juliet Harris, um, that's where my page is, where I broadcast from. It's got my show reel on there as well, which is basically the archive of all the shows I've done so far. So if you want to listen, to them they're on there um my saturday social is on from five to seven on the mixer channel um and that's northern soul motown world you know various upbeat bouncy sort of solely stuff and on sunday evenings from seven to nine it's smooth sailing which is smooth sort of cheery sort of pop and yacht rock and kind of easy listening and just sort of a just sort of happy music that you can have a, have a bit of a sing to and have a bit of a relax to uh, and and to mark the end of a week my friends very kindly said the other day s- smooth sailing is is literally their only indicator that the week is over now which is uh, mm-hmm. which i was very touched by so uh, so it's been great fun doing that lovely that people sort of get in touch and really enjoy it. and there's a nice little chat room on mixer as well so uh yeah give it a go it's uh, it people seem to like it what can i say It's all right
1: it's a it's uh, two great shows now this makes me happy. Jules, a track from Steely Dan, to play us out.
0: Well, indeed. So, so I very much enjoyed doing the yacht rock show because the smooth sailing show because it was music that I liked. And it's I hate the phrase guilty pleasures because I, you know, I try not to feel guilty about anything I like because that in itself still implies a kind of snobbishness. I think. So, so I I just like you know like what you like. And I admit there's some um, some of the stuff I play is not very fashionable. And I might have turned my nose up at it when I was a silly sort of cool teenager, but I really. Love it, and actually, my best friend Tim is really into Steely Dan, and I've never been that. They're his favourite band of all time, and I've never been that familiar with them. And one of the things that this show has I've really loved doing it. It's really everyone that wanted to listen to it was all well, they were all requesting Steely Dan and mm-hmm. and it's really introduced me to their music properly listening to them properly and I've loved it and when this weird time is over I played this track that I'm playing now in the first ever Smooth Sailing because one of our, our friend Beth asked for it and um, I will it will always remind me of this time and and, and how actually this music has really helped cheer me up during this time and really keep me sort of a bit upbeat and a bit cheery and and there's just something about this tune that I, I just it makes I don't know if it's in a particular key or something there might be a science behind this I don't know but it, it just makes me happy I just really like listening to it I think it's great and like all of Steely Dan's music it's and all of their lyrics it's you know it's witty and it's you know a little bit cynical but it's but it's it's really fun and it tells a story and I really enjoy it this is Steely Dan and this is Peg.